you can grind as much as you want, but do you have a vision for what you're grinding towards and what you're trying to create? And I think you really have to ask yourself the question of, hold on, what is the lifestyle I want to live in 10 years and 20 years? And how can I start building up to that today? And if you do that in your 20s, like when the pressure isn't as high, I think that's when you really set yourself up for success. Whether It doesn't matter what it is, man. I'm telling you, if you can just believe that you can do it and give yourself the time and dedicate a few years to even like an e-com business, yep. you're going to make traction. By that time, you should have some real traction to build off of in your 30s. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What does it mean to live a real good life? Well, today on the show, I sit down with one of the co-authors of the book, A Real Good Life, to answer that exact question. You know what's funny is the number one thing we would ask me what's good in your life right now, it was always somebody. It was always a who. It was never a what. We also talk about the importance of exchanging real-life moments for transactional opportunities. What we realized after living in LA for a while was just that, you know what, we kind of checked all the boxes we wanted to check. But we're exchanging real life, like meaningful, deep moments for transactional opportunities. Mm. And we realize we're like, it's it's hard to walk away from them. Sure. But, but we need to. Plus, we break down hustle culture and then talk about the formula that people should really embrace. I think it's truly just consistency mm-hmm. and going like literally just the extra step that people yeah. are not. And be sure to watch until the end because we talk about how the good comes through the hard. I believe that the good comes through the hard, like in the real, real good, right? Yes. Like, it's like, if you want to have the life, you know, that you dreamed about at 50, then yeah, you got to do the hard things now because then life gets easier. You don't want to do the hard things later. Trust me. Don't put all the good right now and do the hard later. That sucks. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Stevie Hendricks. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Today, I am making friends with Stevie Hendricks. Stevie, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. What's up, Travis? I'm good, man. How's everything in your world? Oh, uh, you know, I I got I got my coffee, so that always makes things better. And my kids aren't at the house right now, which makes it a little bit easier to record a podcast episode. So, how about you? I don't have any coffee right now. I definitely drank some and I don't, my, I'm looking like I'm definitely at home. You look like you're in like a legit studio right now. So you're, you're got the leg up on me. I'm going to blame it on like having three kids, which we were just talking about. It's just, I, I literally dude. people told me they were like three, my brother this is my brother's quote. He has four. He goes three broke us. And I was like, thanks man. I'm like, <laughs> looking forward to being broken, but we're encouraging. Thank you. Yeah. And I remember like, I was kind of, I was kind of like, nah, he doesn't he's kind of like, he's not really tough like that. Like I got this and, and it's just, dude, it's a whole other level of busy zone defense type thing. You know what I mean? And we love it. There's really, really great moments. And then there's moments where you're just like, dude, why is an octopus playing the drums? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like everyone needs to chill. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that the five-year-old is uh, probably getting to the stage where they can actually, you know, put on their own shoes and stuff yeah. like that where you know you have to do every single thing for them all the time 
She's great. My oldest is great, man. She's really kind of, it's weird. She like, I saw her antennas go up when baby brother came home yeah. and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm big sister. Like I'm not yeah. just like bigger to my younger, I'm like the big sister. And so she's leveled up. She's done a, like, even in the last couple of weeks too, she's just kind of, I don't know, she's grown leaps and bounds and it's really cool to see that we need it. Yeah, exactly. So you need a lifeline. Yeah. Lifeline. Well, listen, dude, I I appreciate you coming on the show. I know it kind of prevented us from doing both you and Cezanne at the same time, having a a chat with all three of us, but looking forward to getting her on a little bit later to talk about her perspective. But I'm excited to uh, talk through a couple of things. But first off, before we get too far in the conversation, I want to make sure that everybody listening right now goes and picks up a copy of your book, A Real Good Life that just came out. And man, These types of books are really timely to me right now, dude, because I'm doing a lot of stuff. The show is called Travis Makes Friends. And the reason for that is it used to be like a really niche business show all about networking. Like how do you get around better people to level up in life? And through that process, we did it for years. And through that process, I really kind of figured out that like the activity of networking and making friends, if you're doing it the right way, they're actually one and the same thing. And then I started reading all of these mind-blowing and surprisingly awful statistics about loneliness in the world and how loneliness can lead to long-term negative effects and even in physiology that yeah. that that have a negative impact that is equivalent up to the smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day that is just done by being lonely and we're in a society that's more connected than ever yet more lonely than ever which is a weird counterintuitive place to be but i think you know books like yours are real good life is a, is this is a really timely a book to 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 put out into the world, and so I'm I'm curious as to as to why like why now why 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 this particular time and why this topic? That's a great question. That's a loaded like that's a, a loaded plate of nachos right there. <laughs> all these different things thrown into it. Cezanne, basically, I wasn't supposed to write this book. I wasn't supposed to be on this book. Cezanne got approached like five and a half years ago after our daughter was born, and uh, this big publishing house was like, "Hey, we'd love for you to write a book. We're thinking it should be this." And she was like, "Okay, like sounds great." And then like six months down the road, she was like, "Actually, I don't want to do that. That sounds like fake and fluffy, and like that's not me. I don't want to do that." And so she went back to the drawing board. And at the time, our podcast was really kind of, kind of catapulted us into a new space, into to having like a new voice instead of just being social media people. We were now like podcasters who had a legit podcast, and the podcast was called The Good Life. You know, when we put that out, it was really for the the aim of saying, like, let's put some good out into the world. Let's focus on the good. Let's highlight the good and the people who are doing it. And so that really kind of became our mantra. It's like we took ownership over this word good, you know, and we would ask people on our show, we're like, what does it mean to you to live a good life? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, we would say, what's good in your life right now? You know, what's funny is the number one thing we would ask people, what's good in your life right now? It was always somebody. It was always a who. It was never a what. I would say 95%, it was always a who, you know, it's family, it's a loved one. I mean, it's, it's relationships that they're loving right now. And so Cezanne and I really just fell in love with asking that question. What does it mean to live a good life? Because we moved out to LA as like these young, hungry kids who were like, we're taking the city by storm. I'm going to go into Hollywood. Cezanne's going to do like entertainment news and all that kind of stuff. And that was popping off. And God just totally like changed our trajectory and we had a total like heart shift. And so we started moving into this world of influence, you know, when that really first started out like 2012 and that like Instagram became this big thing. We were in yeah. the, mi- the mix. Right. And so everyone's like, oh, I want to have like your job. What are you doing? What you're doing? Yeah. And, like we were just kind of blessed, right place, right time, right work ethic. 
And, you know, we kind of were in the mix of all of it. But what we realized after living in L.A. for a while was just that, you know what, we kind of checked all the boxes we wanted to check, but we're exchanging real life, like meaningful, deep moments for transactional opportunities. Mm. And we realized we're like, it's it's hard to walk away from them. Sure. But, but we need to. Like on a soul level, we're not being satisfied. We're not being satiated. And I always go back to that Jim Carrey thing where he's like, I wish I could give everyone a million bucks to realize like being rich or being famous is not the answer. And I feel like, I mean, Jim Carrey, I mean, he's like one of my icons. He's a legend. Yeah. We're just like this tiny little ant compared to him. But I, I got enough of that, what he was talking about yeah. to realize like, yeah, he he was so right when he said that. And so long story short, it led to us moving back home back to Texas where I was like, I'm never moving back. I'm living the SoCal 75 degree weather live, baby. None of yeah. this live anymore. And, and we're back. It's, it's been like one of five it's torturous, but you know what? God has taught us a lot of valuable lessons coming back home, coming back to humility and simplicity. And really when we came back home in 2020 through the pandemic and everything, we realized we're like, man, we really want, want to write a book that's about loving your life. It's about loving where you are right now, despite the challenges, because you can actually love your life right now, despite the challenges. You don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need to change anything massive. You just need to look around and say like, what are the resources that I have right now? What are the gifts and the abilities that God has given me and the people that he's placed around me? And how can I cultivate those things to make that garden in a sense, the best that it can be? And so hmm. that's really the heart behind this book. I mean, we only get one of them, right? Yeah. We only get, we only get one, one shot. One, yeah. one life to, to take advantage of, man. And, and you said it, you said it really, really nicely there. It's you, you kind of have to choose, mm. you know, sometimes between something that's good, something that's perceived as a high priority, maybe by other people. And you have to choose between that and this other version of life that actually maybe is more fulfilling, even if it means yeah. you've, you've sacrificed potential opportunity or upside. Um, sure. Because you're the one ultimately who has to define what that upside is. You know what right. I mean? You mentioned something in there that I didn't want to breeze over. You said right place, right time, right work ethic. And I think that a lot of people leave that last one out. They think that <laughs> yes. is just right place, right time. And it's like, well, if I could go back to 2012 and knew it, blah, blah, yeah. blah, then I could be just like Cezanne and Stevie and I could do this thing just like, but, but, but that's just, it wasn't in the cards for me. And yeah. they, they, they like to project their, their lack of, of success or fulfillment in life onto external circumstances that's out, completely out of their control. So I'm curious to hear like what type of work ethic went into building the influence that you've been able to build up to this point now. I think Cezanne and I are both kind of, we're similar in that we're just dogs that don't quit. You know what I mean? We're, we're not these, I don't know, man, we're just, we're pretty normal people. What, what were you doing before? So I moved out to LA to to pursue acting and TV. Cezanne and I both met in the <laughs> we met in the in the audio booth at our at our college where we were running the newscast. My friend was the quote unquote news was he the news? Uh, anyways, he was yeah, he, not the I was an anchor. Cezanne was an anchor on the same night. He put us together. He was the uh, good lord. Yeah, he was I'm like the head thrown out words. <laughs> I can if station manager in a sense. There you go. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So he was like, hey, bro, he's like, I, I remember I had noticed this on the previous semester, but I didn't know anything about her. And so he he told me, he goes, dude, that girl that, you know, you you thought was really cute. She actually auditioned for the newscast. He goes, and so I put you guys anchoring on the same night. And I was like, oh. man, I was like, let's go, my dude. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. So I remember we were in the 
we were in the booth, you know, and and I just started like, you know, I was like, I'm just going to ask this girl, you know, it's like, what kind of uh, guys are you into? She's like, you know, dark, exotic and all that. I was like, cool. So not me. That's not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just moving on. Right. Moving on. We're good. We lost that one. Take the L. Let's just be friends. And uh, I remember we just hung out all the time. We were we were doing the newscast together and that's how we met. And that's ultimately we, we started falling in love. So we moved out to L.A. both being like we're those two kids that were like, had our sights set high, like always been big dreamers, super motivated, yeah. shoot for the stars. And we moved out to LA, dude, we just got smacked, you know, like the resume before didn't matter. Like I had a good resume. I moved out and and right before that I was on um, Ryan Seacrest and Mark Cuban's new access TV, where it was like interviewing like celebrities that were coming through. And I was in Dallas. So it was like Steve Aoki, people like that. But I'm like in their hotel room as a 21 year old, like, what's up? You know, like, having a great time. And I yeah. just, yeah, I just remember getting to LA dude and like falling flat on our face and being like, okay, I'm nobody. Yeah. Uh, nobody cares that I'm here. And somehow I have to dig myself out of this hole and I have like no money in my bank account at all. I can't afford a Chipotle burrito, even without the guac. Like it was like, <laughs> you know, like my boy's like, dude, just don't get the guac. And I was like, you don't understand. You're like, yeah. I can't. I can't. Yeah. So that's where we were at. And I have to credit Cezanne with, first Cezanne had the vision. So before we moved out there in 2011, she was doing this online blog. It was something that was totally started from just passion. She was passionate about clothes, about beauty. And her brother had just gone through cancer at the age of eight. And luckily he did survive. But when that happened to her, something just sparked in her. It was like, I am not going to waste my days. I'm gonna go after this thing that I love. And so she just started doing it as a hobby but that hobby started turning into brands reaching out to her like, hey, we noticed you on Google search. Will you post our products? So she started doing that. Oh, really? So it all started as a blog first. Started as a blog, dude. It was, And I remember taking photos with her in college. Like, like Cezanne has, you know, over a million on Instagram now. But when she showed me Instagram, like I remember at the college news stage, she goes, hey, you need to get this app. I was like, what is that? She goes, you take photos, you post them. I was like, who cares? I just the concept. I already have Facebook. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, who cares? The concept was like foreign to me. Right. I'm like 21. And I remember she's showing me her thing. And, and I was like, you have, you have like a thousand followers. I was like, that's insane. I was like, why are a thousand people following you? Obviously, because she's beautiful. That's like the start. <laughs> but then, but then she started creating like a real platform. You know, she started posting yeah. her outfits and like going like, Hey, I have this outfit on my blog and more people started following her. So she really started gaining traction. And another credit to Cezanne was that her whole dream of being like Juliana Rancic part two was not working out. Like that was falling flat on his face as well. And so she realized like, you know, I, I don't have a lot of wind in my sails when I'm heading this direction, but this blog thing is working. There's something yeah. about it, I don't understand it yet. I don't know how I can make money with it, but it's working and I want to keep exploring that. So as she was pushing into the social space on the blog and growing that, I was out like trying to like do the acting thing. I remember I was taking all these different jobs or I was like marketing jobs or I was traveling around and stuff like that. And I remember she called me and this is before I even proposed to her. She's like, hey, would you quit this job? Will you come work with me? I, I know girls that are making a lot of money doing this. And again, I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, doing yeah. what? Yeah. Post like, and this is, this is like 2000, you know, 12. And so it was still super new. 
So I just remember I was like, okay, if this is the girl that I want to marry, I had a conversation with my dad. My dad was like, dude, you just got to take a leap of faith. Like if you want to marry this girl, if you guys want to grow together as a family and in business, you got to show her that you like you're serious. And so that meant walking away from guaranteed, like a good amount of money that I was guaranteed doing this, this job that I was doing. Yeah. And so I just jumped on board, dude. I started quote unquote managing her. I was, you know, taking inbox emails, negotiating all of a sudden with like L'Oreal and I remember I negotiated my first deal and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, how did I do that? Like, yeah. you know, like multiple thousand dollars. And I was just like, okay, like, hey, like we can, we can start doing this thing. Seems real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it started. Cezanne really had a vision for, she kind of caught the vision as it went along, but she never gave up on what she was doing. And so she just got really creative with reaching out to brands and just kind of just going hard in the paint. And her and I would stay up late nights. We're in our early twenties. You know, we'd stay up late nights, just the two of us till 11 o'clock midnight, just working and grinding. And we did that all the time, you know, yeah, because yeah. the energy, we didn't have kids. And we were like, dude, we're trying to, we're trying to make a name for ourselves. We're trying to, you know, honestly level up, make some money. And so it was really just like, what else are we going to do? Like, why would we walk away from this opportunity? And so we really just seized it. And dude, it was one of those things. I say right work ethic because we didn't like it would, there was never a viral moment where it was like, mm. okay, wake up tomorrow and you've got 500,000 followers. It was never like that. It was actually day by day. We would see growth yep. and we track it and just be like, what's working. And back then, man, I'm talking about pumping out content, like, like insane. I, we don't do that anymore at that level. We do a lot, but like back then it was just like, it was like, it was like, yeah, right. Right. It was wild. So where you are now, and looking back on that and then making a decision in 2020 to move back out to Texas and kind of embrace a, you know, slower, at least version of life is a question I've been kind of asking a lot of people lately and pondering myself. Do you look at it as like, man, I wish we would have enjoyed our twenties more. Or do you look at it as that was a phase that was required to set us up for the position where we're in now, we're able to make the decision to slow down and still be able to live life at this certain level. I, I think that Cezanne and I, what we've realized is that we're busy bodies. We're, we're like people who are like, we're, we're going to work hard. We're going to show up. We're naturally wired that way. I think it's a little bit of her coming from an immigrant background and then myself coming from a super blue collar, you know, just watching my parents work really, really hard background. And so we're just kind of wired that way. And, and it's interesting you ask about our 20s and like, in some regard, I would say if I'm being 100% honest, 50% of me says, yes, I wish that we had enjoyed our 20s more. And 50% of me says, absolutely not. Like I have yeah. zero regrets. I, I look at a lot of my friends that I've known since high school and college that I'm still close with. And yeah. I think they're kicking themselves saying like, I wish I would have grinded a little bit harder in my 20s. I wish I would have had. I think the biggest thing though, and, and here's what I, here's what I want to actually, I want to point this out instead of the grind. You can grind as much as you want, but do you have a vision for what you're grinding towards and what yeah. you're trying to create. And I think you really have to ask yourself the question of, hold on, what is the lifestyle I want to live in 10 years and 20 years, right? And how can I start building up to that today? And if you do that in your 20s, like when the pressure isn't as high, there's more pressure in your 30s and 40s. But when you do that in your 20s and the pressure usually isn't as high, I think that's when you really set yourself up for success. Whether It doesn't matter what it is, man. I'm yeah. telling you, I... If you can just believe that you can do it and give yourself the time and dedicate 
a few years, five years, eight years to even like an e-com business, yep. you're going to make traction. Right. Like you're going to, you, but by that time you should have some real traction to build off of in your thirties. Yeah. And even if you don't, so here's my thing, bro. It's like, it, it's almost zero risk to do every, like to do the big risk in your twenties because you have, you have so much time. Like time is on your side so much. Like even if you get out of your twenties and it's like, man, I'm still like, I'm in debt because this econ thing, it didn't work out. And I put a bunch of money on a card for this supply and now we can't get rid of it. And the, our ad costs went up and all this other thing happened. But then like you come out of that and you're 31 and you're sitting on inventory in a warehouse and you had to file bankruptcy or whatever, or you're just, you know, in debt up to your ears and you're just kind of wondering what's going to happen next. It's like during that time, when you took that big risk, you have learned so much. Like you have stacked skills. You learned how to buy Facebook traffic. You learned how to set up your landing page. You learned how to integrate shop pay on your shopping cart. You learned like how to write an abandoned cart email sequence. Like you learn all of these things and you come up into your thirties. And the thing is, is like, it takes one year, two years to just like, this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Instantly turn everything around and have this like kind of rocket launch moment. It feels like a rocket launch, but it's really not. It's from the decade of hard work and big risks, relationship building, skill stacking that you did in your 20s to put you in a position to crush it in your thirties and or your forties. And I think that kind of what you were saying earlier is like, you know, people who didn't take their twenties to do that. It's not a phase that you can avoid. Yeah. If you want, if you want outside success anyway, if you, right. if you want to live life on, on a level that most people will never understand, then at yeah. some point you will have to have like a grind, high risk, low reward yielding type of a phase. 
right. it's just, it's part of the process and you have to put that time in. It's just like, when are you going to do it? You're going to do it yeah. in your twenties when you have like no family and no kids right. and no wife and no responsibilities, or are you going to try to pull that off when you're in your late thirties and you got three kids and you got school and you got a nanny, and you got expenses and you right. got bills. And it's like, well, which one makes more sense? And to me, it's like, ah, I think I might rather sacrifice a little bit in my twenties because like thirties right. is still super young. And it's not like, it's not like if you try to go travel and live life and experience things in your thirties, it's, oh, I'm too old to do that now. It's like, no, you can still right. do that for the next two decades. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, yeah, well, I think you're right. There's a couple of things I want to pick up off what you were saying this too, is like, it's, yeah, it's in your twenties. It's not just energy. It is like the time that you don't have to spend getting things out of your way. I have yeah. to spend so much time in my day getting things out of my way. Yep. And I don't want to, I don't want to just phrase it like that because part of that is I'm like, I will not sacrifice spending time with my kids. I'm yeah, not. yeah. They, they can be good things too. Yeah, right. It can be, it can be good, th- but it's just like, I'm not like from five o'clock till seven 30, I need to be with my kids. Yeah. So like that's time that I just am not going to spend working. And like you said, in your twenties, you have that. I think the other thing too, is that people have to re refocus or re-see the re-see the word like grind or hustle or working hard because I saw it wrong for, for so long. You know, I think it's truly just consistency mm-hmm. going like literally just the extra step that people yeah. are not. I think those two things literally will lead to so much more like measured success yeah. than just saying like, it's not just like, it's like people that want to get in shape. Right. I've been on this, like I've worked out my whole life, but this year I've really kind of figured out some secret sauce for myself. And that is consistency. Like I said, and just realizing that it's going to take time and showing up constantly. And so realizing that like, instead of being that guy, when I was in my twenties, like I got to go in the gym, go hard in the bank. You know what I mean? And you're like, you're going 105% every day. You're not going to sustain that. Like even Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think he said what 75 or 80%. He's like, I always go 75, 80% because that, that leads to consistency. Yeah. So when you rethink things like that, you're actually like, okay, so if I am 30 or I'm 35 and I do have an opportunity in front of me or something I believe in that I have a vision for, what does the grind look like for me right now? And that could be, okay, I have a family, I have a wife, so I don't, I don't want to sacrifice those things. So either A, I need to get up earlier in the morning or B, I need to like work when my spouse goes to sleep. So I'm not neglecting her. Or C, I say like, hey, I just need an hour and a half after the kids go down and we spend our time together because I'm still doing that right now. Like I've not arrived. There's so many things that that I want to level up on and that things I want to grow, even our e-com business. And so Cezanne and I do that, but we constantly have to check back in and audit. Like we just did it the other day. We're like, hey, relationship tank right now, kind of empty. We need to cut the power hours this week and we need to be together. And yeah, so yeah. we're constantly going back and, and kind of checking in on that. And I believe that you can still really make moves and achieve that success later on. But yeah, you have to be much more calculated with your time. I think for me, the the biggest thing on the hustle, the, the biggest re-imagine, reimagining of what the word hustle was, was a realization that it's not like the hustle is not purely a volume play. It's mm. a quality play. Mm. And what I found was that man, there's a lot of other people out there that work two or three times the amount of hours that I work, but get so much less done than I get done. It's like, it's not like the hustle doesn't mean that you got to be working for 18 hours a day. It just means that you got to put in 
four and a half to five hours of very focused work. Now, the people who have the craziest outsized returns are the ones who do both, right? Like Gary Vaynerchuk, Alex Ramosi, like the people that are putting in 16 hours of high quality output work every day. Those are the people that are getting the most out of it, obviously, because they have three work days in one day and they're very focused and very intentional about what work they get done. But a lot of people, they work 12, 14 hours a day, but so much of it is spent doing stuff that is either like below their pay grade, meaning they shouldn't be taking their time to do it, or it's just frankly a complete waste of time. You're like you're spending an hour and a half on a call that should be 15 minutes, or you're spending 35 minutes on a call that could have been a Slack message. Like you're you're filling your day with stuff, but that doesn't mean that it's productive stuff to be doing. So you feel like you're doing a bunch, but then you look at it at the end of a month and you're like, man, what did I really get done? You know what I mean? It's like the the hustle does not mean that you have to kill yourself grinding with hours. And frankly, dude, that was one thing that having kids actually helped me with. Cause like when I, when I, when we, when we first had our, it was really when we had our daughter, cause like our son was a super easy baby. We got really, really lucky with him and he was our first one. And so like he would sleep through the night, like 12 hours, bro, like eight to eight from the time he was three weeks old. We never had a problem with him. He was, he would take his two hour, two hour nap every day, just like he wouldn't cry unless something was up. Right. Like it was, he was a super easy baby. We had our daughter and our son started becoming a rambunctious toddler, you know? So we had our daughter and our son was like 18 months, but our daughter was a difficult newborn because she had some health issues and some other things like that. I had just started a software company. So it was like, I had a baby software startup that I was raising money for. We had a baby, baby, (laughs) a real one in the house. And then we had our rambunctious toddler. And it was just like, all of this was happening at this perfect storm. And it, it, it required me to adjust the way that I viewed my work schedule from thinking that like, I, it is physically impossible for me to just to put in more hours at this point. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm up at 4am. I'm at the gym by 4:30 to five. I'm putting in time working out on my, like focusing on my fitness. I'm like helping my wife with the kids. I'm doing this business. I'm doing like the new startup and I'm still building the old business that pays my bills. Cause I can't just neglect that. And it's just right. like there, I can't do more. That's not the answer. Okay. There has right. to be another answer because I'm not the only one that's ever come against this obstacle and other people have figured it out. Something's up, you know what I mean? And yeah. it like, it required me to get back into the, of the mode of like examining my hours and being like, okay, but do I really need to be focusing on that? Can I, is, is can somebody else do that, that I can teach or pay to do that? Can I, like, what happens if I focus my time doing this? Can I see a better return on that time? And it required that I, that I like readjust almost everything about like my, my daily routine, the hours I was putting into everything I was working on. And it was all in, in a way, like it was the, the six months is like, I look back now, like her, the first six months of our daughter's life was just like, I, I, I don't, I don't really remember much of it. It was just a blur. We were, you know, no sleep. I, it was just like, I, I have no idea how we made it through there, but we did. And afterwards we came out, like, I think in a, in a better, in a better place because it kind of forced us to restructure almost everything about how we attacked our day. You know what I mean? I, I think that's life, man. Like, like we talk about that a lot in our book. And that's one of the main themes of the through lines of our book too. It's like what you said, like, I don't know how we got through that, but we did. And we came out the other side better for it. I think there's a lot of people right now that are, you know, whether they're in their twenties or their thirties or forties, and we're even the conversation we're having about getting ahead and, and, you know, making those moves that you need to make to be successful. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are, that go through their life, avoiding the the giants that are in front of them. They they don't feel like that they can take those things head on, but I think they need to see it the other way and realize they were designed to fight that thing. 
Yeah. It's like you were designed to fight that thing that like you, you put it in the corner. You don't want to talk about it. You want to look at it. It could be your physical health. It could be, you know, your, it could be your bank statement. Like, but you were designed to face that issue. And like you said, I, so for me, you know, Cezanne and I got married at 25 and getting married at 25 nowadays is young and getting married at 25 in LA, being a social media person is like your child. Yeah. Right. Why are you, why are you doing this? And yeah. then having a kid before we're 30, people are like, what are you guys doing? Like we're all traveling, we're all doing stuff. And yeah, like there's hard days that comes at a cost, but at the same time, the reward always outweighs it. But I believe yeah. that's like a principle in life. I believe that the good comes through the hard, like in the real, real good, right? Yes. Like, it's like, if you want to have the life, you know, that you dreamed about at 50, then yeah, you got to do the hard things now because then life gets easier. You don't want to do the hard things later. Trust me. Don't put yeah. all the good right now and do the hard later. That sucks. That's the but, worst. That's because the, because the thing is, bro, like everything's hard. You know what I'm saying? We have to like the work. If you want to live life at this certain level, the work will need to be done at, at a certain point. So it's like, right. you can either decide right now to put that work off. And then later on, it's going to be even more difficult. Like you will struggle, like the struggle is guaranteed. The success is not guaranteed. If you purposefully put struggle in your path, then you have some sort of control over how that struggle, like how big that struggle is when it comes and, right. and, and the results that come from working through that struggle. But if you don't put in the work right now, then guess what struggle is going to be hitting you when you're 54. It's going to be like, oh man, I don't have retirement. I, I, I didn't, I didn't build a bunch of skills. I'm starting over from my relationships. Like I didn't spend any time like really building an intimate relationship with somebody. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. And like, if those are things that you wanted, you wake up at 54 and it's like, well, now you're in struggle because of things that just happened because you let things happen. Whereas if you like have this concentrated purposeful struggle, then you can design it in a way that allows you to attain the things that you want. So that later on, you don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? This yeah. is like, this, like the struggle is guaranteed. The success is not. And so right. you, like you, you either struggle now or you're going to struggle later, but I would rather struggle now and set myself up in a way that allows me to choose my struggle later too, you know? Yeah. And there's so much beauty in it too, man. I think there's beauty in, and there's, you find so much more deep community, like whether it's with your wife and your kids or the people around you, you really find deep community when you're going through those things with your loved ones, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that like, we, we just look at the hard things and we say, well, I just, I just, but we don't realize the, the beauty in the struggle, you know, like we were designed to face our giants who were designed we were, to do yeah. things and we weren't designed to just put them off because we got one life to live. And so it's like, I believe that God has a higher calling for us at the different ages and stages of our life. And so it's actually about us just saying, yes, it's about us saying like, yes, I am going to stop avoiding that thing. Yes, I am going to be teachable. Yes, I am going to go I'm going to go do the work that I've been putting off. And I really believe that as we age and grow older, we were actually designed for uh higher higher levels of of stewardship, you know what I mean, in in our life. And it's, so it's about learning those lessons too. Now, I mean, even for me, it's like I didn't no one taught me anything about investing, you know. Didn't learn anything about investing. I'm like, how are they not talking about this in schools? Like no all kidding, this bro. we talked about is like what a waste of yeah. time. I can't apply this in my real life. For Why real. didn't some like, you know, even like back in 2020, 2021, hey guys, money is free right now. You can go to the bank and right. if you got credit, it's two and a half, three percent. 
Right. Go get some free money and use that to start your business. Like mm-hmm. nobody, it's just like, you can find it on podcasts now, but like, like I said, that's not being given away in, in colleges and, and stuff like that. And so, Which is insane. It's really like a crime against, against right. our culture. Oh my know? gosh. Hey guys, by the way, the, that student loan you took out, you know, yeah. that's at like 6%. So right. let's just frame everything from there. Like, yeah. Or even know. compound interest, like the beauty of compound interest. Nobody's like, you have the richest guy, the richest hedge fund manager ever, you know, Warren Buffett's calling compound interest, the eighth wonder of the world, but you got to go to like <laughs> finance school to learn about it. It's like, this is not a, this is not a difficult concept. This is no more difficult than algebra one. Like, why are we not learning this when we're 14 to be like, Hey, I know yeah. you're only 16 years old, but if you can, you know, scrape two pennies together, maybe start putting $25 a month into a account. Because that compounding in 40 years could be worth a couple million dollars, even though it's only a hundred grand in principle, because the beauty of compound interest, why are we yeah. not like it's yeah, th- those things infuriate me, bro. I don't understand. Like how, how, how can that be something that we don't learn about? You know? Right. Right. But we got to be like teachable, man. It's like, I-, I was faced with that. I was like, I don't know anything about investing. This overwhelms me because first of all, I feel like I should have known, you know, we've been yeah. making good money and I haven't known how to invest it. You know what I mean? Yep. So there was yep. been like that weird thing where it's like, I'm upset that I didn't know. I don't know. So I don't know if I'm going to go do it, but yeah. I'm just like, and you don't know who to trust, you know, cause yeah. there's a lot of scam artists out there. It's just like, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. How so do, I just was like, okay, I need to go and investigate this and be teachable and ask around and take my time. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like, even if it's that or something larger, it's, I just believe that we were designed to grow we were, yeah. and, and we only do that by facing those things and taking on the challenges of the things that we don't understand. Well, listen, dude, I, I want to get you on to the rest of your day, but I, I, there's one thing about your book that I really liked. And I wanted to see how intentional it was. So you, it, the book's called a good life, but the, the chapters are broken down into sections, which is the morning, which is time to reflect the midday time to focus the evening time yeah. to gather and nighttime time to rest. I thought it was really interesting that a book titled The Good Life is really about how to structure a good day because every single day makes up your life. And, you know, a good life starts today. It doesn't start tomorrow. And a bad life also starts today. It doesn't start tomorrow. So how, how intentional was it, you know, to create this kind of like day framework rather than looking at it in terms of the scope of your life? Oh my gosh. Because it was, because it, became measured by that point. You know, when we decided, okay, a good life, we really had the conversation, like a good life is made up of one good day at a time. And if we can take it one good day at a time, then anybody can do it. Like literally you can read this book and not feel overwhelmed. Like this book is not an overwhelming book. This not this, it's not even like a self-help book. It has elements of that, but it's really a collection of stories where you're meant to see yourself. Like I said, face the challenges around you, but also like framework of the day and how important even those sections of the day. So it's even broken up, you know, into those smaller goals of saying like, if I can have a good morning, yep. you know, if I can have a good afternoon, a good evening, what does that look like? And how does that fit in with my life and my family? And so that's why we chose to do it one good day at a time and break those days up into segments. We believe that those segments of the day are so crucial to living a good day and then ultimately living a good life. And I, like I said, I, I know so many people, good friends of mine that are wonderful people but they've never had a vision for their life at any, they've just been reacting, right? You know, they're, they're living their life by reacting. They're not casting vision. Yeah. They're not asking the hard questions of like, what do I want? And what do I not right. want? What they're do sailing, I not want? Right. Sailing on somebody else's ship. They're exactly. Just sailing. Somebody, somebody else is just pulling their sails every direction. And it's just like, 
Yep. When are you going to start taking command of your ship? When are you going to realize, you know, that you were you were meant for more, that you can actually design and, and we say cultivate. We say cultivate a good life because I, I do look at life as a garden. I believe we're all given a different garden. Your garden could be on three acres. It could be in, in a small corner in a city. Yeah. But how what are you doing with that? You know what I mean? How are you cultivating that thing? Are there areas that have not been tended to, you know, that have been lacking nutrition? And and how can you start cultivating that garden, what you've been given right now today? And it could change, but how can you start cultivating that garden that you have, which is your life, like right now? How can you go out there and be honest and say, like, yeah, I kind of neglected this thing. Sazad and I looked at this. We were in the living room the other day, and we have this really beautiful fake plant that sits up on our, our built-in. And from like 15 feet away, you're like, man, that looks good. But when you get up close, you realize that actually the texture is kind of strange. You know, it's synthetic. It's got, you know, like hand painted or printed details on it. And you realize this is actually a counterfeit. What's interesting about the counterfeit is that you never have to water it. And there's this other plant that's in our kitchen and it's right by our sink. The reason it's by our sink is because if it wasn't, it would die. That plant every day seems to wilt like in the middle of the day. And you have to like it's the most needy plant. And we're not even plant people, but we're trying to be. It wilts, you got to water it and it pops back up. It's the weirdest thing. What we realize though, is that like we are that needy plant, like every day that needs recharge, that needs sustenance. You know what I mean? That needs goodness. We need care. And a lot of people are trying to be like the fake plant right now, especially in social media. They're trying to see like, oh, this is, this is man-made. This is what works. But the other plant is God-made. But that plant that's needy is actually designed to grow just like we are. And so I think when you look at that, you can look at today's, you can look at today's climate and in social media, especially. And you can say like, there's a lot of people that want to look like that fake plant. They don't need any help. They got it all on their own. You know what I mean? They're totally satisfied uh, and they look beautiful from a distance, but when you get up close, it's really lacking substance. And so I just want to encourage everybody, like, it's okay to, to ask for help. It's okay to, to need care and it's okay to work on yourself and allow room for growth because that's what we were designed for. And so if you need a reminder, just go get a really needy plant and put your kitchen by your sink. But like, I'm like, every day I'm like, oh, that plant needs some freaking water again. So a real good life. Discover the simple moments that bring joy, connection, and love. Stevie, this has been fun, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Is there is there a particular place you want people to go to pick up a copy of the book? Or is it just kind of, hey, wherever books are sold, go go get a copy? Honestly, all wherever you get it the cheapest. Just look for the discounts. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, they're all running discounts. They're, it's right. in all the major retailers. You can go to our website, stevieandsazan.com or follow us on, on social media. But uh, yeah, anywhere, man. There's People are running crazy discounts everywhere. So uh, I would say wherever. And then if you're an Audible person, we have the Audible version as well. I'm an audible guy. A real good life, guys. Go pick up a copy, give it a listen or give it a quick read. I know that you're going to get something awesome from it. Go follow Stevie and Cezanne if you don't already. I know they put out a bunch of good stuff on YouTube, on Instagram. They have their podcast, always putting out a bunch of really good stuff. So Stevie, dude, thanks for taking the time. Look forward to sometime meeting in person. Thanks, man. It was fun. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. 
And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.